chapter 13 of Matthew. I was going to preach something this morning, but I think the Lord changed it on me. Uh, you know, you bet when you were singing that song, uh, The Waymaker, I went on the internet yesterday and I, 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 I went, and they had a group called One Way Israel. And they were, they were singing that very same song. And they were sitting on a, on a porch or a platform above Jerusalem. And they were singing it in Arabic, in Hebrew, and English. And I tell you what, when they were singing in these other languages, I could hear, I could hear the worship. I could hear them singing in English. It doesn't make much sense, but I could, I could sense the presence of the Lord. And it brought me back to the days on the day of Pentecost when the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake with tongues. And all the people heard them in their own language. Now, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but they had thousands of there. They had different nationalities, different nations. But as these apostles were preaching in, in tongues, Everybody heard them talk about the glory of God in their own language. You ever got a bunch of people in one spot and try to understand anything? I mean, there's no way to communicate because everybody has something to say. They're talking at the same time. You know what I'm talking about. It sounds like a, a jibber-jabber uh, thing. But they heard them speak the wonderful word of the Lord in their own language. I think yesterday I kind of had an experience like that because when they were singing in Hebrew or Arabic, I understood and I wanted to worship. So it was, it was an experience. I, I, Janice, I don't usually wake her up when she's sleeping, but I had to because I was listening and I saw the worship of God like I've never saw it. I watched people of different nations sing. Waymaker, you know, and I was watching them, and, and they were just glorifying God, and it was just something I enjoyed, it just building my spirit, and I thought about that over and over again, he is a waymaker, he is the one that can solve our problems, he is the one that can take care of our problems, and to see the church, not just this church, but the church in general, I'm hearing stories about other churches that having conflicts and fighting over finances and fighting over who should rule and reign in the church. God is bringing us to a place that we have to identify. There's only one ruler. Though we're stewards, we have to judge everything based on what he taught us in, his, in, in the word of God. So if I'm teaching something that's not in this Bible, I'm a liar, right? I'm not interested in quoting Somebody else's philosophy, though some of it is good, it's not all bad, you know? And we understand that God is trying to teach us His Word. I heard something yesterday, and it just, you know, for a believer, well, for, I'm talking about you and being in general, you could be born twice and die once. <laughs> or you can be born once. Or you can be born once and die twice. You have a physical birth, but you have a spiritual birth. You're born twice, right? 
But you only have to die once. Because <laughs> yeah, as opponent of men wants to die, as a Christian, he dies twice. He's born twice, but he dies once. But for the sinner, they're born once and they die twice. And what does that mean? It means they're born physically and they die to the Lord and they die a physical death. Separated from God. I said, man, I want to be the, on, the, on the better end. I only want to die once. I only want to die once. What you found? Amen. And I thought about it, and we learned that from that, God is our way maker. Amen. We would need to have it over the things to record it, but to play it. But uh, God is faithful to his word, right? Now, the thing that was troubling me while I was praying or while I was worshiping, and it has been, that's just... We're living in a great falling away. You remember I preached that some time ago? And people that I knew that love Jesus, worship God, filled with the Holy Ghost, ain't there anymore. They're not that they died. They just drifted away. And a lot of them heard this very same thing that in the last days, there's going to be a great falling away. There's going to be a time when men are going to forsake God. And we're always looking, to, looking on the bad side of the world. But what about the church? We understand that for the world, the world don't know God. But for someone that has sat in the in, in church and heard the word over and over and over. And it even changed their life for a while. They find themselves living in the world. They're doing the things the world is doing. They're listening to the world's music. They're watching the world's TV. They're watching the programs of the world. They're doing whatever the world is doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. Jesus is explaining a parable in his verse, but before I get into that, the disciples came to him and he spoke a certain parable to them. He says, the sower went out to sow, and some fell by the wayside. And immediately the birds came and devoured the seed. Now Jesus says, some fell among the thorns. And for a while, it looked like it was growing, but the, the cares of this world and, it, and its life choked the seed and it died. Some fell on stony ground where they didn't have no earth. They sprung up right away. But immediately the sun scorched them and they withered away. Some fell on good ground where they had good fertile soil that they can take root and grow. And they drew the nourishment and, 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 and all from the, from the, the soil. They had the sun on the bottom. They had the soil of the bottom. You know, they, they need sun. They was in the right place where the sun could beat on them and give them, the, you know, the light it, they need. And, and, and then they had the soil that was fertile. My Lord Jesus. <laughs> well, it produced something. Listen, it is work to produce good fruit. You hear what I'm saying? 
Men of today are trying to find easier ways that they can produce fruit. But basically, you have to go back to the principle of what it's about. You got to dig deep and break up the soil. You got you to chop it up and make sure that it is fertile. Got to fertilize it. You know, you got to do a lot of things. You can't just throw tomato plants on grass without preparing, removing the grass. You can't, you can't throw tomato plants on, on, on rock. Come on, somebody. Or throw it in the midst of a, a thorns because it's going to choke it. I see a lot of, y'all bear with me. I see a lot of, a lot of good fruits being choked today. Because we're too doggone lazy to pull up the bat. We're too doggone lazy to get out there and till the soil. And prepare the, the soil for the seed, right? So Jesus has given this illustration. He said, you know, when you produce good soil, you produce good fruit. You can't take a bad tree and produce good fruit. You can't walk around acting and talking and, and singing and doing all the things the devil is, the, the people that Satan are doing, and expect to produce righteousness. It ain't going to happen. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. When we learn that the production, we have to produce and prepare for what God's Word is going to do in our lives. You got to stir that. Listen, a man that put in his hand to the plow and looking back, the Bible said, is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. I used to drive a motor grader for the highway department. I tell that story. And the Lord was teaching me so much. You know, I would get on the side of the road and I had, it was big machines, you know, some big motor graders. And, and I prepared, a, I prepared a, uh, the blade. And, I, and I, you know what? The blade had to be set a certain way, so it had to make what we call a wind roll. So if you get on the side of the road and you have some low spots, you know, like low shoulders, the blade would push the soil on top of the road. And as long as my eye was on two things, the front of the machine and the blade, the minute I thought, looked back to see how good I was doing, the machine would do this. And you know what? I had to back up again. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we, we, we get too busy looking to see how good we look. <laughs> Instead of just keeping our my God, upon the front end of the machine. <laughs> it happened every time. But me, being as stubborn like I was, I just got to see how good I'm doing, how good and straight is the road. But I always had to back up because the minute I do that, I will lose track of where the machine was. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, as long as you look, keep your eyes in the front and keep your eyes on the blade, <laughs> you'll do just fine. Okay. <laughs> and Jesus has given a story here or a parable that these soils are, are, are represent different believers. And you are in one of these groups. Your seed is either in the stony places, the thorns on the side of the road, or it's putting, your seed is in good ground. My job as the pastor, I'm calling it a job of calling, is to make sure that you are in good soil. I can't preach uh, what men think because I want to preach what Jesus is, thinks. 
Because he gives this illustration to teach us one principle. Where are your seed? What kind of soil are you? How have you planted yourself? Right? And he gives this one in verse, I want to say 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When one hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it or he doesn't want to receive it, I think that would be better, better spoken. They say it's not important enough. It's not something I can really build my life on. They use, they use things to discredit the word. Because, you know, to, to understand this word, listen to me, you have to, you have to work. You're not coming here just to play church. You're coming here to work. You're coming here to get your seed growing. Paul's told it about, he said, Apollos waters. I water, Apollos waters. And, 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 and one plants, one waters. And God brings the increase. Every day you come, or every Sunday you come, wherever we get together, when you sit in that chair, my Lord, I'm telling you, there's, there's seed being planted. Right? And if that seed, you don't come back and water that, let that seed be watered, you're going to die. That's the reason why we've got a lot of empty chairs today. I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because some seeds are dying. There's nobody watering. There's nobody f- nourishing it. When you don't come to church, you know, I know some people get sick and stuff, but when you, when you could be here and you miss it, you're lacking water. You're lacking, the, God wants to water your seed and you're not there to be watered. My Lord. <laughs> Amen. Ouch. <laughs> Something. <laughs> one hears the kingdom of the, does not understand it. Then the wicked one does what? Comes and snatches away that which was sown in your heart. I'm going to share something with you. I've sat in church a lot of times and, I, and I'm guilty. All right. As a young Christian especially, the pastor was preaching and I'm just... And he's been telling some, some good stuff. Preaching about Jesus' love. Preaching about what he did at Calvary. Preaching about how we should walk with God. And I'm, you ever done that? Play, play with the corner of your finger like that and scratching the wart you got in your hand or something? Huh? You ever done that? And you know what? If you was hungry enough, come on, if you were hungry enough, if you knew this was a life and death situation, I bet you'd be listening a lot better. I'll tell you what, if you knew Jesus was coming after this sermon, man, you'd be, your eyes would be this big. <laughs> you, I better grab what I can eat. I better, put, I better grab what I can get. But maybe the church has gotten in a place, I'm talking about the body of Christ in general, well, he's not coming now. They've been saying that for years. I'm just going to come in case he shows up. I don't have nothing to do on Sunday morning. I could come to church, you know, and just, just be religious and make myself feel good. You're going to be shocked if he does come. Your seat's going to be, you're going to be sitting exactly where you're at. Because the spirit of receiving is not there, right? The spirit of... Wanting to hear God. Wanting to receive of the Lord. 
I'll tell you the truth. In the last five or six years, I've received more from the Lord than I've received in all my Christian walk. My spirit was ready. Then what I've learned in the past, it sprouted up again. It's just something that, something how you, you haven't thought about a verse for years, and all of a sudden, when you need it, it's there. Huh? A passage of scripture just comes to your mind. Somebody brings up a subject, and it might be anything, and all of a sudden, you come up with what the Bible says. How did you get that? Where did you get it from? It was planted. Listen, I have my, some of my children I'm worried about right now, but I got to rely on the seed that was planted, right? Because they were all raised up in church. They all heard the same thing I heard. Someone is going to come down to needing the Lord. They're going to remember, oh, I remember Brother So-and-So. I remember this was preached. I remember what they said. The Word of God comes alive. It germinates. And it's going to be fruitful. Right? The devil comes and he wants to snatch the Word out of your heart. Right? The minute you hear it this morning. He wants to come and take it away. My Lord. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. But it's the truth. Right? He doesn't want your seed to take root. Because when it's going to come down to it, y'all, seriously, I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to come down to it. That's what's going to matter. Because when society falls apart, the only thing that's going to matter is the Word of God in your life. Yeah. My God, I feel that. The only thing that's going to matter you're going to want to praise God about is the Word of God in your life. Yeah. If that Word is not rooted, if it's not, if it's not engrafted in your spirit, you won't make it. Oh, Lord. Listen, that sounds like a hard thing, but it's the truth. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing. <laughs> Somebody quote it for me. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. Now, one thing about technology I love, when I get up tired, and I can't, my eyes, I grab my Bible, on my, and I let it read it to me. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing, because I can hear it. See what I'm saying? I've been reading out the book of Genesis. I can tell you just about everything I heard in the last few days. That God is trying to teach us. It's not your faith. It's God's faith. Abraham, I'll still preach it this morning. Abraham was sitting at the tent. When the, you ever read the story about Sodom and Gomorrah? He was sitting at the tent and three angels came to him. My Lord, I feel the presence. <laughs> they came to him. And he fed him, he killed the lamb, and we know how the story goes. But in the tent, Sarah was in the, his wife was in the tent. And, he, and the angels told him, Abraham, this time, next year, your wife's going to have a baby. Huh? <laughs> She's going to have a baby. And, and, and Abraham, Abraham starts, well, <laughs> you didn't see my wife, lady? She's an old lady. She can't bear children no more. Then he turns around, I'm old. And Sarah is in the tent. She laughed. You ever done that? God says, Yvette, I'm going to do this for you, and it's going to be a miracle. And you say, oh, right. <laughs> you ever done that? <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, are we all guilty of it? <laughs> sure. 
as if pakron. <laughs> but you ever done that? You don't think that angers the Lord? <laughs> he says to Abraham, is anything too hard for God? If, if anything, can God do anything? See, unbelief is an is a evil thing that God tells us not to have. Because when the seed is planted, the first thing that comes to snatch it out is unbelief. What did God, I mean, what did the devil do the very first sin in the book of Genesis? He got Eve to doubt God. Woo, come on. You, God, you sure God said that? God just don't want you to know that you can become like him. Then, then she gives the fruit to Adam and he eats it. Now, you think that happened just like that? I personally think it took a little while. All he did was plant that seed, Kevin, of doubt in Adam and Eve. When he first spoke to Adam, Adam said, no, God said not to touch it, lest I die. Adam probably was firm. But all of a sudden, after he, he continually bit on that, on that heart, he nagged on Adam and Eve, he, he planted a doubt in them. And all of a sudden, we have what we have today. Death and hate and sin and corruption like you've never seen it. Because two people, did not want to stand on God's word. I'm going to find it hard to preach this in the future because I'm going to find a lot of people going to come here and they're going to come. And they're not going to understand why am I going through the trouble I'm going through? Why can't I find God? Why can't I make things right? With, why it's always a battle? Is there anything too hard for God? The seed in your heart has to be planted in the right soil. Now watch, in my life, personally, my wife knows me better than anybody else, I struggle. And you know what, and I find myself saying, God, when or how? And, and you have to realize that my heart is getting a little callous. Play guitar, even how hard, when you play guitar long enough, it's going to get, that's a callous finger. And you keep doing it, it gets harder and harder. It makes it easier and easier to play, play, play the guitar, right? But in the heart, a heart that gets hard, it makes it harder for God to do what he needs to do in your life. Because if that heart is, the heart is the soil. I'm not talking about the physical heart. I'm talking about the spirit. Your spirit is the place where God, oh my Lord Jesus, plants the seed. And when you hear that, 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 that word, and I see this planet, you're responsible to fertilize it. You're responsible to water it. You're responsible to make sure you've you got to go to the Word. You get, you get something from God, God speaks to you, go to the Word. And assure that seed that it's got the right nourishment. You've got you to put the Word in that, in that heart. And that Word waters it. <laughs> and you've got to remember, I'm starting to listen to God this way. God said it. That settles it. If God promised it, he's a promise keeper. Remember that song? He's a way maker. He's a healer. He's an establisher of your faith. 
I can assure you, and I don't have no problem saying, this world is not going to make it. Not, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about the planet. I'm talking about the society. Because it's too selfish, too prideful, too blasphemous, too much hate of God. Don't want to live a godly life. Don't want, to, don't want to heed to the ways of the Lord. Everything we have right now in our own government is targeted against God. Notice that. God says it. It's sin. The government says it's okay. They're not out there promoting God's word. They're out there promoting sin and giving people a license to do it. So even in the church, the flesh says, well, that sounds good. I, was pro- I had a problem. I felt like I was, you know, and God's dealing with you. He said, well, it'd be easy to do what the government says. After all, we can use scripture, obey the government. The Bible of scripture says the government is there for, for evildoers, not for the, you know, not for the good. So the government is ordained by God. But when the government goes against God, that, that there's nothing there that says we have to stand. We have to stand for what's right. But when that seed is planted, it's going to bring forth righteousness, okay? It's going to bring up fear of God. It's going to bring up faith in God. It's going to establish what God wants in your life. Amen? But he goes on, he says this. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away the the, the word that was sown, snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is he who received the seed by the what? The wayside. You know, I'm driving down the road, down the levee, matter of fact. They, They plant these wildflowers. And you notice they don't cut nothing. They, they cut everything around it, but they, they leave that strip of grass. I'd like to know how, many, how much money that's in the state is spent on that. And it just dies. <laughs> right? And it's by the wayside. Now, they're pretty when they're in a good blossom. I say they don't look good, but I find it's a waste of money. Why? Just let them cut the stupid stuff. It looks better. So anything by the wayside is not always good. <laughs> Your seed is by the wayside. Your seed is on, on, on you know, listen, you see them hawks or, or, or buzzards or whatever. Everything is on the side of the road. They're plucking the, <laughs> the roadkill, you want to call it. <laughs> and you know what? And really they have, it's a good thing because they're, they're, they're taking they're eating the, the nasty stuff and destroying it, right? They don't rot or leak in the water or whatever. And I don't want to go in that. But everything by the wayside doesn't always produce something. A lot of death, right? When death comes, there comes a funeral. Spiritual funeral. You have to remember the wayside is not a, plant, a place to plant something good. The, we plant something good in good soil. You are responsible for your own soul. I am the pastor of this church. I'm here to give you the word, and I have some responsibility. If, you know, if I'm not giving you good seed, if I give you trash, which don't profit you anything but kill you, then I'm responsible. But this morning, I'm telling you straight from the Lord, if you're going to grow, you have to put that seed in your heart. And you have to put it and you got to water it. 
Listen, you don't want to drive, like somebody's driving for interview. We've driving for Henderson for years. Came here for years and years and years. Never thought about it. It was too far. Asked my wife. Never got up and said, well, well, you know, I got time to go way over there. Just did it. And I believe, honestly, I'm here today because of it. All right? I believe the seed that was planted, me and my wife, we watered it in our hearts. And we never had to, you know, beg. Nobody had to call us and tell us to come to church. It just felt, it felt like it was part of who we were. You get what I'm saying? It just felt a part of what we wanted. We wanted, wanted the Lord. We, we were just young Christians. We didn't know much. But there was something about coming to church. There was just something about going to hear the gospel preached. We never, we never complained how much it takes too much gas. Or we never explained it was hot. We came away with no air conditioning so many times. Listen, listen. You ever got in front of the church and you and your husband were just arguing? And you come to church, hey, brother, says, hallelujah. How y'all doing? Good to see you. Love y'all. Hallelujah. You're somehow a hypocrite. I said, man, every time I played that game, man, a hypocrite. Then then come Brother Michael and whoever was preaching and just let you have it, man. You stupid idiot. You, you hypocrite. That's what I was saying it to myself. <laughs> Listen, I could tell you some stories. Oh, man, I was a deacon or song leader or something. Lord God, playing sometimes, playing games with God. But never, hardly ever, did I have to tell somebody to tell me to come to church. Thank God I did. I, believe, I think that was the best thing I could have did in my whole life. Is come to church and receive the seed in the good ground. Listen, I, me and my wife, we had some wing dingers. We're young, we're energetic. We could fuss a little bit better than we do now. <laughs> now we say, hey, heck, <laughs> don't get <any> worried. <laughs> I was trying to make a sound... Each other was right. We'd, we'd always want to end up with the last word. You ever done that? You know, I'll tell what I think. You don't tell him what I think. Oh, blah, 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 blah. The same old cycle. And when God says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And see that the wife reverence her husband. Amen. This is good and acceptable in this house. Listen, if we in the church, in front of the world, if we in the church would do that, we'd have better marriages. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. If we take that seed, I just quoted to you, that's what kept our marriage going. Though it wasn't perfect, we, we, we held to the word. We held to, the, to the, the, the fear of God. And that's what kept us going. <laughs> because the thing we had, me and her, is we both feared God. <laughs> Seriously. We, listen, we better straighten this out. I mean, God ain't happy with this. Praise God. The Bible says... <laughs> because of that word that was planted. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody say, I hope you almost finished. <laughs> and he says, he who receives the seed in stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately Receives it with joy. Oh, that sounds good. Hallelujah. That's a good word from the Lord. Hallelujah. How many have done that? Praise God. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, it says here, there comes the thorns. Right? 
But he who receives the seed on the stony ground, he says, he hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. He springs up, man. The plant comes up. Yet he has no root in himself. <laughs> but endures for a while, comes to church, he sings the songs, he or she. They do all the religious things, they endure for a while, but after a while, the cares of this life, you know, family, job, and I'm not against those things, this is what I'm talking about. You know, just the world in general, you know what I'm saying, and problems, and, and all of a sudden, they find themselves drying up. No longer feel like going to church, no longer feel like reading their Bible, no longer feel like praying the cares of this life. You know what could kill that spirit more than anything? I call it the devilish, not the television. The devilish. The doom tube. If you sit down and watch that slop long enough, you're going to be doing just like it. Because that's the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of this world. Trying to give you another gospel. Another way of thinking. Another philosophy. When the Bible says that there's only one way, and his name is Jesus. Mary, his mother, had the, the only commandment in the whole Bible. Do what he says. So I'm not going to do what Lanny says, or do, do what the other preacher or priest or rabbi says, or, or the government says. Do what he says. If I do what he says, I'm going to produce right fruit. I'm going to water that fruit. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together as a man or some are. Coming to church is a way of watering that seed. When you get on your knees at night and pray, that's watering the seed. When you open the scriptures in the morning and read the word, that's watering the seed. That's taking time to water the seed. That's making sure your seed is fed and nourished. But if you sit down for three hours in front of a TV and only do five minutes of praying, who do you think is going to win? Ooh. <laughs> you spend more time in worldly functions and little time in seeking God, reading his word. I'm not saying you've got, you got to read God's word every minute of the day. I'm saying that we've got to be in the spirit of worship. We have to be in the spirit of prayer. We have to be in the spirit of being taught. Listen, I go through my day all the day, and there's not too many times I don't stop and think about the Lord, Right? And to know that God is trying to teach us something. But if I come to church this morning, I go, wa go watch TV and then all I see is the slop that's poured out, just spewing out of that doom tube. And just sit there and, and just sit there and for hours just, ever done that? Mm. You know, oh wow. And you sit there and it's preaching to you. Right? It's preaching to you, and it's, and, and it's telling you things. If you ever stop and listen to it, it's most of the time it's contrary to God's Word. I'm about 95% finished with the television set. <laughs> I'm telling you the honest truth. I have enough. I don't think there's nothing Ofer can tell me or Dr. Phil or what's that other one? Dr. Oz or <laughs> nothing, nothing a, 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 a president can tell me that, that's going to fix me. Or sit there and watch the slop operas. I mean the soap operas. No, the slop operas. Who's sleeping with who and who's marrying who and who's been married six times. And now he's, you know. 
or sitting listening to you know somebody singing a song about he lost his dump truck and his uh, lost his truck and his dog and his wife and now he's looking for another one somewhere getting drunk in a in a ballroom somewhere you know, songs about death songs about division songs about tearing things apart it's not gonna feed me spiritually oh yeah it will opposite it'll feed your flesh. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not responsible for what you do at your house. I'm not responsible for you when you get up in the morning and read your Bible or whatever you do. Whatever you do in the spirit, you are, you're, you're the possessor of your own soul. You have to go like I have to go and meet God, right? If I get up in the morning and I don't pray and I... All of a sudden, I put in, and, and, and all the slop coming over the television set early in the morning, uh, you know, bombs and wars and, 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 and all, and, and famine and all that. If I hear that all the time, I'll tell you what, it takes me five minutes. I, get, I listen to it, I get angry. It vexes me. It, it angers me so much that I, I don't even want to listen to it no more, y'all. Because I, I see things happening that God has spoken. If we don't plant, get planted in the right soil, that's going to be our gospel. And we're going to be angry like everybody else, and we're going to be nervous like everybody else, and we're going to be seeking what everybody else is seeking, and there will be nothing to do with God. There's nothing. Even Jesus Christ's name is never used on, only in one way, if you use it for a curse word. They'll use it for a curse word. But they will never use, speak of Jesus in a positive light. Notice, try to watch and tell me how many times they talk about Jesus in a positive light. Never. But they'll talk about some rock star, the Beatles, or Beatles, or them, them things about us, more demonic. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't buy a, 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 nothing with them, them things. They're all dead, just about, but they came on the scene, and most people don't realize that. They came on the scene right after prayer was taken out of school. She says it's not stupid. He takes God, tries to take God out, he's going to put his gospel. The Beatles came in there with their sex-driven, atheistic, perverted mind, and that comes Sigmund Floyd. And what he is, he, he, he changed the whole teaching in our public schools. You, you don't want to whip your children anymore. That, that warps their personality. <coughs> you couldn't discipline them, and you couldn't correct them anymore. And look what we got today. Because of this demon-possessed Philosophy that came into our public, we took God out, remember? We didn't need prayer, we didn't need the Bible. All of a sudden, there comes the Beatles, Sigmund Floyd, and, and all that other junk. All that, uh, that, that hippie movement was all about drugs and sex. Defying authority, defying God, doing everything. And now we've got the same people in our, our government running the country. And we wonder why? <laughs> you know what built America? A man, he, he was Gandhi. I think it was Gandhi. That Buddhist priest. I think it was him. Or one of them. He came to America, he said. He went through America. He realized, you know what America? He walked through the little churches. Like this one. And he said, that's when I knew America was great. Because of America's God. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. You want to be great in the Lord? You got to serve God. You got to obey God. God fearing people. Me and Janice went to the, the Lord was with us at doom. Went to them little, little, little churches in the Smoky Mountains. They're still there. A lot of them are still there. And you know what? 
I walked in there and there was no air conditioning. Actually, look, they had an old wooden pulpit they made out of planks, maybe. Their, their chairs were some little benches like this. This is, this is glorious to what we saw. And they were, and, and you know what? They went to church sweating the beans and freezing. Like, they had one heater inside the, in the middle of the uh, church, they had a, a pipe where they put a wooden stove. And you know what I thought about that? I said, I bet they had some gospel preaching in them little churches. Remember, they were preaching in the middle, mid, in the middle of the moonshine craze. If you talked about it, you probably could lose your life. But little old preachers, they didn't have Hollywood looks and the hair all styled and riding in 40, $24 million jets. They walked to church. They got a word from the Lord and they let the people know what God had to say. But now we, we had to get away from that, you see. So we got the Beatles come in. We took God out. We got the Beatles. And you know what? When the seed of God had stopped in America, 10 years later, that's when we started murdering little babies unmercifully. In 1973. In 1983, we decided we needed the Ten Commandments on the wall. Because they might influence somebody. How you imagine that? It might influence somebody not to kill somebody. We take God out. Who's, who's going to be replaced? The devil. When you come to church, you come and hear God's word, all right? If that word is alive and still powerful like it was when Jesus spoke it 2,000 years ago, it's going to work today. So it was planted among the thorns and the cares of this life came and choked it. I'm almost finished. Yet they had no, verse 21, yet they had no root in themselves but endured for a while. For when tribulation and persecution rise it, because of what? The word. Why? What, what, when, when, when persecution comes, because you do what? Because you preach, you, you hold the word. When you tell people it's sin to commit adultery, you tell them it's sin to be homosexual, it's sin to murder babies, they, it's coming after you. When you persecute it because of the truth, that's a good thing. But after a while, you get weary. Oh, I'm tired of being a, the sore thumb in, in the crowd. I'm, I'm tired of being the spoke in the wheel. I'm going to start, start easing up. I'm going to start accepting some things that they like. The world I'm talking about. After a while, you, what you're going to have? Preachers that don't even mention sin no more. Don't mention the word holy no more. Don't mention uh, living a godly life no more. You, 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 you got good in you. You, 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 you're a king's child. You ever heard that kind of joke? You, you're really, you know, you're really okay. You know? What's going to happen? It's going to happen when we happen. You know how I blame for the condition of our country? The church. The American church. Because it stopped preaching the truth. No longer Christians are persecuted. For, their, for the word of God, they, they, they can't get persecuted. They look just like the world. Preachers are getting married more faster and divorced more faster than the world in the church today. Name preachers that, you know, and I can name a few. I'm not going to do that, but I could, there's a, one I'm particularly thinking of now. Left his wife and married his secretary. Still up there proclaiming the prophecy of the word of God. He needs to step down and repent. That's what he needs to do. And stop living that adulterous life because if you didn't leave, if you didn't, if you didn't leave that woman because she committed adultery and something on you, you're in sin. Oh, but one of them wrote, 
God wrote a book on how God gave him the permission to get a divorce. Now he's all over the television. And I'm not getting no name. I'm not getting that. But he's all over the television prophesying, speaking God's word with his adulterous uh, wife. When Jesus said, if, unless it be for fornication or, or if one deserts or unbeliever leaves, you can't even get a divorce. Now, I'm not promoting a woman take there, say there and get beat and get criticized and mocked. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about just to decide, especially a preacher, could just decide he's going to walk off and leave his wife and marry his secretary and, and still stand behind it. No. He's not called of God. He needs to repent, seriously. Because Jesus said it, right? Jesus made it very clear that there was no room for divorce other than if she's an unbeliever and she depart. Or if she die. Or if she commits fornication, adultery. You can leave her. But under, under any ground, it's not, it's, not, it's not permitted. But you see, it's permitted now because a lot of preachers are doing it. We don't talk about it anymore. Okay. For when tribulation, persecution, right, because of the word immediately, they stumble. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the world, word, and it become unfruitful. They want, they want, they want, they want money. They want to get rich. Listen, they don't say riches being rich is a sin, though. That's not what he's saying at all. If you work hard and you produce money and you, and you deserve it, it's yours. But the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches. He didn't say riches was wrong. He said the deceitfulness of riches. See, most people that get a lot of money, I know some, some people that never had money in their life. I can pinpoint one person right now. I'm going to mention him. He got a lot of money. Never worked hard in his life. Stayed in jail most of the time. I mean, he went on a job, he got hurt, and he sued for half a million dollars. You know what he got now? Nothing. It didn't take him long, Kevin. Maybe a year. He was flat broke. Because he never learned what money is supposed to be like. You earn something, you sweat for it, you're going to respect it a whole lot more better. Just giving it to you? You're going to go, wow. You never learned the principle of money. You never learned how to earn money. You never learned how to save money. You never learned how money works. See, that's not the deceitfulness of riches is when somebody takes something like money and destroys himself with it. But he said, the cares of this life and the seedfulness of riches choke the word and become unfruitful. But he who receives the seed, <coughs> excuse me, and on the good ground is he who hears the word and, uh, and understands it. <laughs> who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now listen, always come with the, with the, with the idea that I'm going to receive something from the Lord when you come to church. And it's hard because, listen, you get distracted, man. Especially if you come and you just, something happened at your house or your family or you, you're having financial, and you're sitting there and you're trying to hear, and, and that thing just, you ever had that happen? All, all this problem is just hitting in your face. If you can value the Word of God as the most valuable thing you know and can receive in your life, you're going to receive it. If you can value what the Word of God is about for you, it's a life and death. Listen, it is a life and death situation. You're going to sin before the Lord one day in judgment. 
And you're going to remember all the times I could have learned. I could have heard. I could have received. But I thought my, my job problems, my wife problem, husband problem, children problem, whatever problems I had was more important than hearing the Word of God. I want to truly challenge you. Before you come to church, start doing it. Buying every spirit that will attack you while you're in the Word of God in church. Bind every spirit that would distract you from hearing the word and understanding it. You'll have victory. Because Satan is, he goes to church. People don't realize the devil, the devil goes in church and he's doing exactly what he's done when, when God spoke to Adam and Eve. You, are you sure God said that? You'll be sitting there and you're under conviction. You know, it's, 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 you have to do something. When, and the devil said, don't listen to that preacher. You don't know what he's talking about. You think he's perfect? Huh? You think he, do you think he's better than you? You think, you think, you think he has everything together? Or, come on, somebody. <laughs> and, he's, and he's there, and he's pricking your heart. He reads the Bible, and he, he ain't perfect. Why should you read it? <laughs> you get the messages, brother. Let me tell you something. It's coming. And Eve sat down, and she said, well, she saw the fruit was good. For food and desire to, uh, it in her eyes. And don't believe me, Adam is sleeping because Adam was right there because she gave the fruit to him. You hear him saying, She gave the fruit to him. She said, He, she bit it and she gave it to him. Where was he? She didn't call him, he was there. As sad when men, I'm talking about men, I'm preaching to the men, when you can't control your house. And you allow sin to enter in that way. You're going to stand before God, not your wife. He said, Adam is going to stand before God for that sin. Eve was deceived. Adam rebelled. You hear what I'm saying? God spoke to Adam. Adam knew better. But he let his love for his wife, or it might not even been that. He might have wanted to bite it a long time ago. Because Satan already planted that seed of doubt. And unbelief in his heart. So now they're standing before this tree of good and evil. And they're standing there. And Eve takes it and gives it to Adam. Adam didn't say, Eve, stop. No, don't do that. That's sin. He just grabbed it and he ate it himself. <laughs> I've been a human being 59 years. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and I know after learning, especially as a Christian, you can read. What's going to happen? By the way people approach things, right? You can call yourself the Holy Ghost, Christian, tongue-talking, miracle-working. Win a little wife like Adam had. God spoke to Adam face to face. He could, he could listen, he could have said no, but he didn't. He forgot. And Eve looked at him and said, Adam, God don't want us to know we can be like God. Where did she hear that from? How many preachers you know right now calling themselves little gods? I can name a few, especially in prosperity preachers. Kenneth Copeland said this. He said, Jesus said, I am. He said, Kenneth Copeland said, I am too. That's blaspheming. He's saying he's equal with Christ. 
I didn't, he, I didn't make that up. He said it himself. No, he ain't I am. If you don't stop, he's going to be I was. I am is Jesus' name. It's the Father's name. See, when, when, when he prayed to Moses, he didn't say, I, 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 I'm going to be or I was. No, he said, I am. Tell him I am sent. That means there's no time with God. God, listen, God, I am. He was, I am in, in, in the beginning. He's I am now into eternity. He'll never, because he's always I am. He's not I was or I'm going to be. <laughs> I used to be. <laughs> I just, I am. Time has no significance with God. That's why you can say a thousand years like a day. And a, it doesn't matter to God. Time don't work like, like, like in heaven like it works here. There's no time in heaven. Because he's just, I am. Everything is I am. I am. I am sent me. I am. Tell him I am sent you. Why do you think the Pharisees got so mad when Jesus said, because you said you called yourself the son of God. He said he was blaspheming. But he said, before Abraham was, I am. Who was I am that spoke to Moses? I can assure you it was Jesus. Mm, okay, I don't get into the story. But God had planted a seed in his people. And they, they went, went against it. Remember when I said the person about last week about the golden calf? It wasn't a sinner that built that calf. It was a, it was a preacher. It was a man of God called Aaron. Moses' brother that erected that golden calf. He saw a way to get control of the people and bring them on his side. <laughs> God said, I am. I am. I am now. I am forever. The same word he spoke to Moses. He spoke to Jesus. He spoke to the apostle Paul. He spoke to you. It's never changed. I am. The word is still the same. This is the only thing that changed. Yeah, it's a living document, but the living document never changes. It's always the same. It's always the same. It's always, he still feels the same way about sin as he felt when he said, I am to Moses. When he spoke to Adam and Eve, when they sinned against the Lord, one commandment. One. And what was it over? Food. <laughs> Come on, somebody. What did he tempt Jesus with? He said, command these stones to be made bread. What did he tempt Jesus with? Food. Flesh. Nothing wrong with food. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to eat some in a little while. <laughs> this is one the point I'm trying to make. The spirit war against the flesh and the flesh. The spirit is always going to agree with the word. The seed. The word of God. The, the spirit is never going to disagree with this. Never. So look at it good, okay? This book is it. Right, Bilal? This is it. it this won't change. So how you felt about sin when he said, I am, to Moses, and he said, uh, uh, Adam and Eve spoke the word to them? It's still the same. You know, I keep remembering, I'm, I'm finishing. I'll do my glasses in my pocket. <laughs> uh, when I spoke last week about, about Moses, and I talked about Aaron, what Aaron wanted to do, he wanted to build his own religion. He wanted, he wanted worship for himself. See, that's what, that's what a lot of Christians are doing right now. They, they, want, to, they want to fashion God according to their image. What they think God ought to be. And that's about as far from the, the, the truth then as you can be. Aaron was making a golden calf to himself. 
See, he knew what the people wanted, so he just gave it to them. So he knew if he'd give it to them, the preacher would give it to them, they would do whatever he wanted. See? And that's like that today. Preachers, they, they say, give me your money. Give me your gold. And as long as I can, as long as I can make them feel good where they're at, they'll give me anything I want. They, they, it's, and, and they're erecting these golden calves in the church. And it might not be a physical one, but it's a spiritual one. They're controlling these people. Wait, what today? Our own government is working on plans to try to control food in this world. But listen to me. It was all the way to the beginning with Adam and Eve. It would happen to control their food, their passion for food, their, their hunger for food. And you can control their lives. Give them what they want. And listen, you can, you, you can do what you want with them. Thank God for his word that tells us he is the way, the truth. and life. He is the way maker. He is the one that provides. He's the one that gives us the things we need. He's our healer. He's our doctor. He's our lawyer. He's everything we need, praise God. In this one word, if we'd only believe it, if we'd only stand on the word, how can you stand on something you never received? How could you apply something you never believed? That's what I'm talking about. The cares of this word, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things. Steal the word out of our heart. Hallelujah. You should get up today and say, God, I'm going to be a better believer because I'm going to believe your word. Turn the doom tube off. Stop watching things that are destroying you spiritually. Amen. Stop listening to things that... Destroying. Me and Jan started doing that. We try to put worship music in our house. In the morning, Sunday morning, we put worship music on. Try to get the, you know, songs about the Lord, about his power, about his grace, his mercy. Get that going. I need that. I don't need to listen to, the, to the, the defeats of this world and the hate of this world and the perversion of this world. I don't want that stuff. It's evil, man. It's evil to sit there and watch women half dressed with their breasts sticking out of their shirts. And listen, even Walmart, you, you, listen, you think you're looking at a rated R movie going to Walmart sometime. They're walking around their big old breasts sticking out of their shirts, shorts up all the way here. They look like some kind of whores from, uh, from Sodom or something, man. My God, what's the matter? No shame. I told you, these women have no shame no more, especially women. And some people walking there with their costumes sticking out, their pants hanging low. Listen, I, listen, come on, seriously. <laughs> it's horrible. And then, listen, you think about it, you say, what's wrong with these people? No shame. But you know they've been fed a constant diet of wickedness. They get up in the morning, they take uh, their, their gospel from Ophrah. Or, or, or the voice, or them, 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 them witches that sit on that, that television set, the three of them. That's nothing but the witches. That's all they are. Profaning God, blaspheming the name of the, the Lord. Everything they say is just about coming to, 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 to defy this. And we, and we wonder why America's in the mess. I can tell you why it's in the mess. It's been programmed a long time. Remember Adam and Eve? It didn't happen all at once, like I said. It took a little bit of Persuade. Every day they walked in that garden and got, they got away from the Lord. All of a sudden the devil comes. You sure God said? You know, there's wisdom in that tree. You can know all things. Understand all wisdom. And I, it might have took years. I don't know how long it took. 
I don't believe it happened right after he created them because they just came from God. Adam came straight from the Lord. Look, me and you, we're a copy of Adam from a copy of a copy of a copy. You ever try to reprint something over a copy, a copy? It, it, it diminishes in value. So with the, original, the original copy is clear. It's, 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 you, know, it's, you can read it, but you keep making a copy of a copy of a copy. Guess what? That's where we're at. We're a copy of 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 a copy. From what Adam, Adam was super intelligent. Eve was super intelligent. These people came straight from God with all the wisdom they needed to succeed, but yet they forfeited it because of a piece of fruit. And because Satan, and I don't think as much as the fruit, as much as the devil lied to him and said, you can be like God. You, you can be in God's place. He was trying to do that for years, you remember? Remember the Bible said he had a battle and God had to cast him out because he wanted to set his, his throne above God's throne? Go read that in the book of Isaiah. He wanted, he, wanted, he, wanted, he, wanted, he wanted to put himself above the most high. Let's stand up. <laughs> we need to remember. I'm hoping and praying that what you got this morning is seed in good ground. I'm hoping that it's planted in good ground. All you have to ask yourself, and that little saying is stop making it, but the little bracelet. WWJD, I believe it was. What would Jesus do? You don't see them anymore. Oh, they were, church Christians were wearing it. They were wearing WWJD. What would Jesus do? But they wouldn't do what Jesus said. They were, they were wearing the little braces going to things they weren't supposed to go to. Come on, listening and watching things they weren't supposed to be listening. And you wonder why. You can wear it around your wrist. You better wear it around your heart. <laughs> you better know it in your heart. Father, we just thank you. Let's pray. Father, as we get ready to dismiss this morning, I pray the word of God, Father God, was alive. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, I'm praying that we can learn this, Lord God. That we can enjoy the gifts of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit that bring life to us. Lord, I pray for those that are not here, that are sick, those that are drifting away, whatever the situation might be, God, that they wouldn't forget the word they heard. And remember that your word is life. It's health to our marrows, joint to our bones, health to our bodies, and our spirits. Right now, as we dismiss, Father, I just pray as we go, I ask for your hand to be with your people this week, that we wouldn't forget the word that was heard. Jesus is.